Welcome to the SF Weekly Podcast. I'm Nick Veronin, your editor in exile, and I am joined once again by Kevin Creamed Kale Hume. How you doing today, Kevin? Oh, man. Creamed Kale? What the hell? <laughs> it's about the hypocrisy, Kevin. <laughs> Mayor Breed is caught up in it, too. It's it's one of the dishes on the French Laundry's uh, uh, chef tasting menu I was just looking uh, at. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Something about the French Laundry, man. I mean, it's one of the, supposedly, because, I mean, Lord knows you or I probably will never be able to afford <laughs> eating there, but one of the, you know, best restaurants in Northern California. Yeah. And the place to get caught, um, <laughs> defying the rules. Um, for those of you who have had your head under a rock uh, this week, uh, Mayor London Breed was also caught up in a, a party at the French Laundry recently. Um, so now we have uh, the governor of the state that may be uh, issuing the strictest lockdowns and, and the mayor of the city in that state, who uh, is one of the cities that's very strict, although Los Angeles might be even a little more strict, strict right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, both of them got caught. Uh, uh, do, what, what did you say last week, Kevin? It, it applies to thee, but not to me. The rules apply to thee, not to me. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not going to go too deep into it. It's just, you know, it's just another one of those things. <laughs> yeah. Um, what I am going to go into is Christmas music. I've been listening to some Christmas music recently, Kevin. I like Christmas music. I mean, well, I like I like a lot of Christmas music. I don't like that Paul McCartney and Wings song. <laughs> Wonderful <laughs> Christmas time. I mean, I love I love Sir Paul. But that song sucks. Oh, man. That one. I mean, yeah, it's it's not super great. It's because it's so damn repetitive. I mean, not that lots of Christmas songs aren't repetitive. It's like I'm like I'm like shopping for jeans or something, whatever, last minute on Christmas and I'm in Macy's. I mean, that's not going to happen this year, but like 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 looking at a belt (laughs) and I'm just like simply having a wonderful shut up man (laughs) the one that i think gets the most hate is uh, the all i want for christmas is you mariah carey uh that one that one just gets you know it's every year that's the first one that gets played i think that most people i know know. what you're saying but still wings takes the cake for me (laughs) i hear you um and then of course uh baby it's cold outside Mm, yes no you know what's funny to me first of all before we even get into the songs that we do like Mm -hmm. like what makes it a christmas song anyway i i think and i think you'll agree with me on this kevin Mm -hmm. there's just really one thing it's jingle bells what do you mean like not the song jingle bells like you put jingle bells in the (laughs) song and it becomes, you could have like a Dillinger escape plan track, throw some jingle bells on it. Suddenly it's a Christmas song. You know what I mean? Like what makes it, and are just bells in general? Kind like, of. I mean, yeah, they definitely like, you know, I think that is definitely one of the sort of like, you know, instead of like the so-called like cowbell effect of throw more cowbell on it. It's like Christmas song, throw some jingle bells on it, man. Yeah. Well, what, what are some, there are some really great Christmas songs out there though. Um, uh, you know, and albums too. For, for me, I'm going to name a couple albums right now. Okay. Um, 
Vince Goraldi's. I actually don't have to say that name out loud very often. <laughs> um, I hope I got it right. Vince Goraldi's soundtrack to a Charlie Brown Christmas special. Oh yeah, Ac- man. Excellent. Super classic. Um, a lot of the Wyndham Hills, a winter solstice series. Um, I don't know if you've, you've ever heard any of those. There's, there's several of them. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of, some of it's a little grating. It's, it's very much like new age when new age was like, becoming named new age but you know instrumental stuff mm. i like the piano stuff sometimes when there's too much saxophone it's like ugh. um and then uh oh uh john fahey's christmas album the new possibility that's a great one okay and uh of course a christmas gift to you from phil specter the wonder <laughs> the wonder producer known for developing the wall of sound mm. and murder yes I was just reading about him, man. He, he like, you know what? Like anytime any old crotchety, like rock and roll fan starts to like, like harp on like rappers for why they always have guns. Phil Spector was out on bail for like, for like six years, still producing records. According to Wikipedia. What the fuck? Yeah. That happened in 2003. He didn't go. He didn't get locked up till 29 to 2009. That is insane. I didn't and people were still hitting him up for produ- like, <laughs> can you imagine? No. Like, like, Hey, I want Phil Spector to produce this. Oh, uh, uh, what a bad look. Uh, yeah. He's still alive. He's in Stockton <laughs> and he's what? eligible for parole in 2025. Oh, okay. He's in prison in Stockton. Okay. Yes. Yes. Not, not much different. He's in a federal Stockton. penitentiary, I think, or maybe it's a, uh california state one i don't know i don't even know yeah so those are the albums i like do you have any like full-blown albums that you like um i don't know about necessarily albums uh but i did discover last year because i i still i I, i'm kind of a metal head um and i wanted to try to find like you know like there's lots of like metal bands that have released like songs or whatever but like i couldn't find anything that was sort of like metalcore that was like okay. met like Christmas, and I found last year that uh, Solid State, uh, a record label uh, that features a lot of Christian metal bands, uh, put out a record uh, a, a compilation record called Midnight Clear, and it had a bunch of different metalcore kind of classic Christmas songs. Uh, and one of the bands that was on there, uh, August Burns Red. Uh, actually put out an entire Christmas album on their own called, uh, I think it's called Sled and Hill. Hmm. Uh, and so I found those last year and I thought that was a lot of fun because it's kind of like a bunch of Christmas classics. Okay. Um, and is it, and, and what, what is, can, for, for those of us who don't know, mm-hmm. me included, I get these subgenres mixed up. What is metalcore? Oh, <laughs> metalcore is, you know, um, Sorry, pausing. Um, <clears throat> metalcore is sort of like a really heavier. God damn it! How the fuck would I describe metalcore? So, so a friend of mine, um, uh, not a friend, an acquaintance who who is a who's a producer and engineer, once uh, explained not metalcore, but uh, he was like, um, uh, black metal uh, is is uh, white white makeup with black rings around the eyes, and uh, death metal is cargo shorts fascinating okay (laughs) see what metalcore you didn't see what metalcore is Um, well metalcore metalcore is sort of like kind of really really heavy maybe not 
death metal, but really heavy metal uh, with hardcore punk. Uh, it's sort of, you know, it sort of but has a lot of like yelling slash screaming. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's more, I think it's more screaming and guttural, uh, type stuff, you know, sort of some kind of grindcore elements with that sort of really deep guttural and fast, lots of like, um, blast beats, blast beats and things like that. And breakdowns is definitely considered part of metalcore. you know, when, when they slow it down and they do the really syncopated, full band rhythm that gets really you know that yeah. kind of stuff so yeah, yeah, that's yeah. kind of metalcore that's that could be fun yeah i had a lot of fun figure i was just like i really wanted to find something and i like they're very kind of fun like it's kind of interesting to hear a band do a breakdown in the middle of you know joy to the world or something like that silent night yep yep okay what about like individual songs you got any individual songs uh, big fan of like rocking around the Christmas tree. Uh, definitely watched home alone this weekend and love <laughs> nice. that song in that. I also watched, uh, white Christmas this weekend with my girlfriend. It's one of her favorites and I'd never seen it before. Um, and so that white Christmas being Crosby, uh, mm-hmm. it's really classic. Really like jingle bell rock. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I like some of the sort of, you know, that the, it seems like most of the ones that are considered classic Christmas songs now are from like the fifties and sixties, you know? So like a lot of stuff that's from that era is definitely what I kind of enjoy. I tend to not really be a fan of more new poppy type, you know, Christmas stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been a little subjected to some of that recently too. And I'm not a big uh, fan of it. <laughs> I have some newer stuff that I, that two, two newish songs that I really like um foxy shazam did the snowman from that film that that animated film the snowman have you heard this have you seen this i have not seen or heard oh man it was it was a staple in my house growing up we had it on vhs Hmm. um and it's like uh it's mostly the, the only words are in the final song and it's just animation and this kid makes a snowman he comes inside um and uh wakes up in the middle of the night and the snowman's come to life and the snowman takes him to the north pole and uh, and flies there and the the song the original song is like this like you know boys choir this very like high voiced you know probably young man boy singing um but uh foxy shazam um as you know that guy's got some pipes uh and they they do a like a you know heavier version it's pretty cool Hmm. um i'd recommend it um I, I like the bright eyes, the whole album, the Christmas album. I don't have the name of it in front of me. I think it just might be called a Christmas album, but I really like uh, little drummer boy. Uh, that rendition. It's got this really like distorted, uh, like, like some drum beat off of digital ash and a digital urn. Like, like, but that's the breakdown of the hmm. little drummer boy. Okay. Really like compressed granular, like processed, drums just cacophony of sounds and then the bing crosby and david bowie version of the little drummer boy i think i'd like a little drummer boy something about that song okay all right um i think august burns red does a version of that on sled and hill so it might be worth checking out for you oh okay yeah. okay um i remember when i was probably in my late teens uh 
I don't know if it was a gift or what, but I think we got, my brother and I got like a, a Beavis and Butthead Christmas special. And of course it still had the classic, you know, that they did with uh, the music videos in the center of it. Yeah. And I had a couple different weird ones. Like, uh, you know, I think there was one by Bus. what's his name? I think it's Buster Poindexter. Yeah, Buster, Buster Point. Poindexter, who did this song, uh, Is That You, Santa Claus? <laughs> and just listening to them. So this the, this guy did like um, sort of like jazzy kind of, you know, sort of like, what, what was that? Sort of like the, the Stray Cats kind of stuff. Mm. Jazzy kind of, you know, uh, you know, swinging punk or whatever kind of stuff in the 80s. And that song is just so weird. And I can't listen to that song and not think of that because they just, they kind of shit all over it. And we're maybe, I just, I crack up so much thinking about that all the time. Uh, So you're making me think of this thing that is, it was a joke in my family for a long time because my brother and I would say we hated it. My dad found this uh, record um, by this guy Esquivel um, and he might actually be a well-known band leader in Latin America at the time we just thought it was this really strange bizarre dumb Christmas album but it's called um, uh, I'm looking at it on Amazon right now it's called Merry Xmas Merry Xmas from the space aged bat- space age bachelor pad <laughs> and it is it, it's got it's like it's wild. I mean, it's jazzy. It's got like this zoot, 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 wow, like background vocals. Um, what? Yeah, like <laughs> like very, very sort of mid-century campy jazz um, thing. And huh. it's it's actually really good. It's one of my, my favorite albums. I think I have it uh, as an MP3. Um, and then, of course, like my dad had like some like uh, Dr. Demento Christmas compilations <laughs> with, you know, grandma got run over by a reindeer and oh, like, yeah. um, like Cheech and Chong have, <laughs> have, a, have a, they talk about Santa Claus. And at one point, you know, when I was a kid, Oh, as a kid and it'd be like, he'd be like, yeah, how do the reindeer fly, man? Oh, he gives them, he gives them a uh, fairy dust, man. <laughs> And it's Very like, just, man. Gives gives the reindeer some, and then a little more for Santa Claus, <laughs> and a little more for Santa Claus, and a little more for Santa Claus. Oh God, you were subjected to Cheech and Chong. That that that's a cocaine reference, which that's... I didn't understand when I was a kid. Nope. <laughs> oh, even when I was like, even when I knew what smoking pot was, I don't think that really clicked. It clicked like recently. I was like, oh. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Love it. I think it was after I watched a movie. I watched a Cheech and Chong movie and there's like the scene where like where like uh Cheech says to Chong like, "Man, every time you do cocaine, man." And then Chong goes, "There you go again with that every time you do cocaine, man <laughs> thing to me." <laughs> oh my god. hysterical what else is a good oh there's one that's like the kid um i'm getting nothing for christmas Hmm. i'm getting nothing for christmas nope don't know that and then like in the middle like the the kind of music dies down and it's just kind of like vamping in the background and then like this guy comes in and he's like oh santa came he came and santa's like yeah kid where's the silverware it's in the same place as last year and what about the jewelry i'll go get it for you santa claus 
He's getting burglarized. Oh my god, that's hysterical. Some good stuff. Some oh, good stuff. Man. Ridiculous. So, in our infrequent recurring segment of press release WTF or PRWTF uh-huh. question mark, I got an email today from Chevy's Fresh Max, um, and uh, this is what it said: Chevy's famous made-from-scratch tamales are available now at select Chevy's locations. See below for participating locations. During the holiday season, sold by the dozen for $24, made using Chevy's house-made masa, customers can choose from chicken, carnitas, sweet corn, or sweet corn, with the option to mix and match in quantities of six. 24-hour notice is required for tamale orders, which can be placed in store online at chevys.olo.com. Mm. Or by calling one eight 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 tortilla. <laughs> I mean, you guys, you could do. I, we're not getting paid by Chevy's. I mean, so whatever. You can do this. You could not. But guys, don't do that. Find <laughs> find yourself a tamale lady. Do you have a tamale lady, Kevin? I I, I don't. If this was an ordinary year, maybe uh, my girlfriend and I might get some from her grandmother. But yeah, it's not going to happen this year. Um, so I would just say, find your local taqueria, uh, maybe put on them taqueria shorts and, uh, <laughs> and, and, see, and see if they, if they have tamales, you yeah. know, it seems to be a definite holiday staple, but you know what a tamale lady is, right? Like it's a neighborhood yeah. lady and she like, she's every once in a while, or maybe it's her side hustle or whatever. She just makes a gang of tamales and she sells them. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's we had a the, guy. We had a guy. It was a tamale guy. Oh, a tamale guy. He, would, okay. he yeah. would come around our neighborhood every so often and have them in the back of his car. Um, you know, in the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude! But that's the way to go. We just—I think we might have found ours. We we like we didn't have a person. Like sometimes, like we would get tamales here, we'd get tamales there. But um, a friend of ours on Facebook was saying, like, my mom is getting into the tamale lady gang game nice. and we we went and we picked some up and they were delicious yeah man yeah i got to try the grandma's last year and they were fantastic so i i don't i'm gonna be a little sad if that doesn't happen this year yeah. and I probably won't don't go to chevy's though no <laughs> uh, well okay <laughs> support your local community tamale lady or tamale guy whatever um tamale coming up person. on the podcast what you, you want to say no never mind tamale person tamale person it's 2020 nick get it together man okay uh coming up on the podcast we have a segment produced by sf weekly contributor and sf weekly podcast engineer mike huganor about tampon rock a new scripted podcast from a group of queer women out of oakland it's fun stuff stay tuned we'll be right back Tampon Rock is a new scripted comedy podcast set in Oakland. 
The story follows Deja and Chloe, two queer women who live together as friends, roommates, and bandmates. Across an eight-episode season, we follow them in their band The Goal, or The Greatest of All Lesbians, as they attempt to navigate the town's LGBTQI plus music and dating scenes. Tampon Rock is a funny and heartfelt series that centers the experiences of queer women. With me are the show's creators, Alicia Brown, Sarah Ament, and Sophie Dinicol. I'll let Sarah kick things off with the story of how the show got started. It started because uh, we all work at a company um, making music for uh, TV or, or supervising music for TV. Um, and I think I we had made a podcast and I thought... We should make one. I love Sophie. I love Alicia. Let's make one. That's kind of what we. (laughs) (laughs) That's Alicia. I think it was a little bit of me and a little bit of um, Sarah. I think Mm -hmm. um, they were like, yeah, yeah. But like, we didn't want them to be like us. I think because, you know, when you write, you write what you know, right? So I think we didn't want them to exactly be us, but a, a fictionalized even more version. It's almost like Deja's the opposite of me. Like I'm not uh, a timid person. Oh my God. What? You don't have weird chunky bits in your period blood? Uh, no. I mean, well, I guess I, I you, you're talking to me, right? Yes, you. You're the only cute person without a snapback on here. <laughs> I think I had said once um, that we're like they're uh, godmothers in a sense, right? They're like people that we know and have sometimes been a little bit. Yeah. Mm. And like, and and that kind of goes for like all of us, all three of us, and for all of the characters, kind of interchangeably. You know, like they're they're um, we understood them as like our twenty-two-year-old selves. Deja, twenty-something. We're not sure when she was born. And Chloe, also 20, but something, don't worry about it. But then they became so much more than that. And also the the actors brought their own thing to it. So um, we wanted to follow that. They certainly um, formed a really solid bond. And I think that like helped the, the project a lot. Music figures prominently in the show, both in the form of songs written or overheard by characters. This next song is called Vagina Dead Dada. One, two, three, four! As well as musical asides which help to situate our heroines or move the plot forward. Welcome to London Town! Hello! Oh, I just got word that this is actually Oakley! Oh, my bad! Let's go! like Sophie and I would be like we'd have the same ref in mind we'd be like oh what if we were thinking about this song and then we'd send the same YouTube thing to Sarah and then she'd be like okay cool and then like off of that so it's great it's like it's fun because Sarah can do everything she's like that talented like make it sound like this and bam she did she really it we could not have done any of the music part without Sarah (laughs) not a bit of it (laughs) the process was super um collaborative when it came to like lyrics and um and the direction of each track you know the creative identity of each thing um so we spent a lot of time on zoom just being like well what should this moment be like is it are we 
laughing with them? Are we making some random social commentary? Are we just exploring a reference because we think it's funny in the moment? Um, or is it like a genuine emotional moment where we want to follow that thread? I keep waiting for something new, but only something that'll change my mind. Like I keep waiting for something true, that fairy tale shit that'll make you blue. But Another defining aspect of the series is its narration. Each episode is hosted by Tampon Rock's resident lesbians. Resbians, if you will played by Alicia and Sarah, who step in Greek chorus-like to comment on the action. Wow, Deja, you think she's going to get it in tonight? I think she might. I think it's funny because it really was just a it, a spur of a moment. It was just a, an idea that we kind of like went with. And I think we realized how important that is for our story and like how we utilize it. Because it is a podcast. So I think I'm so used to writing for TV and I think having the like narrators helps us kind of forward the story along and also kind of like, you know, like Fairly Godparents or have you seen Fairly Godparents? Kind of like that. That's where we are. Like, or like Hercules, like with the that uh-huh. aspect. Yeah. I think yeah. That we were able to forward the story more and make it more interesting and fun and like kind of be in their ear. Yeah. And I think kind of breaking the fourth wall with that it was a, it's like an idea that was like oh this makes sense and I think it makes it more unique to the podcast yeah it started out as just a way to like help the audience sort of situate themselves and be like okay now we're here or now Chloe's doing this or whatever and and then it just sort of evolved into this really fun like silly thing and I can't imagine the show without the narrators anymore like I can't believe there was a time where we might not have had that yeah. <laughs> but it was really like a logistical thing more than anything at the start we're like shit like how do we in a scripted podcast how do you make sure everybody without like establishing shots and stuff how do we tell everyone where we are um and then it just kind of evolved from there yeah 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 i think also like the um the added voice of those narrators helps us like create the identity even more or the culture or the the um vernacular even more you know of these characters because um we can talk about things that aren't related to the podcast or we can you know like we have (laughs) we have a a transition song where chloe and deja get in a fight um but then it just turns into a song about global warming (laughs) and um (laughs) and i think like you know, it's like, it's just some like random train of thought that we have. And it kind of further supports the the overall like identity. And I think, yeah, and with that, like, I think it's also like, it is that that is me and Sarah. Mm -hmm. You know, like those, that's who we are. And I think we is also a way to kind of put ourselves in the podcast without without like, overly like just being like oh we're the characters like no we're playing ourselves as like helping ourselves one I think thing we really want to explore was mental health and Um, I think we're very, I mean, I think we all pretty much go to therapy. So I think making therapy seem 
like putting it more in the like a positive spin on it because I think there's still so many negative stereotypes associated with it even when you do see it in the media but I think that's one thing I really wanted to bring especially for queer people just like yeah that's I, that's definitely one thing I wanted to bring up and then another thing Deja being a black woman and her exploring her own community and you'll see in the future episodes like what that is like for her yeah and they're like intimate female friendship that in a way functions as a partnership Deja you want to talk do you need space space okay sounds good I'm just gonna take a bath do you need to get in there before I take a space I think that, like, I always want to know about, like, um, the relationships in people's lives and how they navigate them. And that's, like, totally what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Especially friendship. Like, to me, I think that that's one of the most interesting parts of the podcast. Like, I love all the dating stuff and that stuff is important, too. But I don't know. Like, for me, my female friends are so, so important to me. And I feel so close with them and um so exploring how those relationships kind of like bend and change and what they go through especially at that age i think was was really important to me anyway when i heard tampon rock was set in oakland my hunch was that one of the creators had grown up somewhere on the bright side of the bay but as it turns out of the three only alicia has been to oakland and even then only for a weekend so why set the story there we literally were just like, all right, let's do a place that's not LA and that's not New York. And I think the closest was like, oh, Oakland. Like it's, I feel like it's, if New York and LA had a baby, it would be Oakland. Mm-hmm. That was my thought. I don't know. Uh, and then I've, only, I've been to Oakland a few times and I think I really feel like I belong there, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> when COVID's over, the three of us should go. And Actually, like, yeah. The four hang of us. out. Yeah. <laughs> I'll meet you there for sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Tampon Rock premiered on December 3rd, and new episodes are uploaded Thursdays. Learn more at tamponrock.com. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's edition of the SF Weekly Podcast. The episode was produced by me, Nick Veronin. Our engineer is Mike Huguenot, who also contributed this week's segment on Tampon Rock. For more hot takes, deep dives, and alternative views on San Francisco news, subscribe to our podcast through Apple, Spotify, and Google Play. Follow us on SoundCloud and check out our website, sfweekly.com. See you next week. Yeah.